0: The Bible reading today comes from Luke chapter one, and we're starting at verse 46. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Even as he said to our fathers, this is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, let me pray for us as we begin. Gracious God, we ask you to be with us now. Would you send your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds to what you are to reveal to us today? help us to understand your plan for us, how you have been faithful in the past, that you are present and active in our world today and that we have a sure hope for the future because of your faithfulness and by your glory. And We make this prayer in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, Amen. Well, I wonder how you like to celebrate When you hear good news, how do you like to celebrate? There are a variety of ways in which we celebrate. This week, Lisa and I, uh, maybe more so Lisa getting up early to receive the good news about our son's VCE results. Uh, If you've got a teenager, you know that they sleep in well beyond what is receiving good news. But when he told us the good news of what he received for his VCE results... We wished him well, we gave him a big hug, and uh, Lisa gave him a big hug, I gave him a big hug, my parents and and mother-in-law who were down here gave him a big hug. So sometimes we we give people a, a hug and affection to celebrate that they have received good news. Sometimes we like to go out and celebrate with a special meal and I remember as growing up in my household, uh, whoever's birthday it was, they could choose what meal that they would have or which restaurant that they would go to. And so the meal, going out from meal, became the sign of a celebration. I know that uh, when we went to a 21st on Friday night, they had a special song that they would sing. This family, Olivia was 21, she's one of nine children, and uh, at everyone's birthday for the last 21 years, they've sung this particular family song to celebrate how God has blessed them and God will bless them in the future. And so they sang this particular song in a crowded pub uh, after a few too many drinks down uh, in Dandenong. You see, sometimes we have these ways of celebrating And on Tuesday night, we celebrated the start of a new ministry here at St. Columns. And yes, there was a whole lot of stuff that happened up here, and it was good uh, to have the bishop here. And the bishop being here, in a way, is kind of a sign that the diocese is getting behind us celebrating this new ministry. But I remember someone uh, pointing out the fact that we had bubbles here. And again, bubbles is a sign of uh, having a celebration. Well, in our Bible reading today we hear Mary's way of celebrating. Mary has this prayer, this song, and she lifts her voice to God and it's her way of celebrating. Uh, Now, some people might think, well, isn't that, you know, isn't isn't sort of the whole Mary thing really the Catholic thing, the Roman Catholic thing that we do? But uh, Anglican bishop and and New Testament scholar N.T. Wright says that, this particular passage is probably the most famous song in all the scriptures. It's actually a song that for centuries has been put to music and spoken about and listed as what we know as the Magnificat, sometimes called Mary's Song. And so today I want to unpack what that song might mean for us, what it is for us and what it might be telling us through the scriptures today. Well, as we uh, get into this, we probably need the backstory, and um, Naomi just gave us a lot of the backstory, and it's important for us to understand that, that, that Mary was waiting for the promised Messiah. She was like most good Jewish girls, where she was waiting for the promised Messiah to come. She was longing for God to come and rescue His people. And she was doing that, and she would have had these words of scripture, the the Hebrew scriptures, in her mind. She would have been like everyone else, learnt them by heart, and she would have known these. And so, when she has an angel appear to her and say that she will give birth to the promised Messiah, it must be good news of great joy for her because she would have known that justice is about to be done. The Messiah is coming that God is going to begin His rescue plan for His people. But how do her family respond? She's a virgin who hasn't uh, really even been married to J- Joseph for that long and Joseph wants to quietly divorce her. And, and we don't really exactly know how her family responded. I mean, if you've ever seen the film, The Nativity, they portray what could have happened, which is that she was really sort of disowned and outcast and really seen as a a woman of ill repute. We don't exactly know why she's gone to be with Elizabeth. Maybe she's just gone to be with Elizabeth to help Elizabeth. Maybe she's been sent to Elizabeth to kind of get the pregnancy out of the local village that she's in. So, maybe Mary is going to be with Elizabeth with this sense of she's got good news of great joy but nobody else seems to think this is good news of great joy. And she turns up to say hello to Elizabeth and and the baby, which we know as John the Baptist, which I think you've been speaking about for a few weeks, the baby in Elizabeth leaps for joy and just before this Bible reading we see Elizabeth's response to Mary. At that point, Mary must be thinking, finally, somebody else has acknowledged the good news of great joy that I've received, that I believe, but everybody else has rejected. And so, Mary, at the acknowledgement of what's happening for her, but who that is to the world, prays out this prayer or this song of celebration. This song that we hear today is really a song that says that God has been faithful in the past, that God is present in his future now as all of this stuff is going for Mary and that God will be faithful in the future. That what God has done in the past, people have given glory to God for that. What God is currently doing in the world, even though it doesn't look like it with the Roman oppression, God will be gloried through that and God will be gloried in the future when the promised Messiah comes and ushers in the Kingdom of God and the world is made right with God. God is going to be glorified, Mary has total faith and trust in that. You see, in this Magnificat, the song that Mary sings, she actually acknowledges and gives glory to God for how God has been faithful to previous generations. She acknowledges at the start that she has been blessed, but she goes straight into talking about how uh, God has blessed previous generations. In verse 50, it says that His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. This actually shows that all of those stories that Mary had learnt, all of those uh, Bible references that Mary had learnt and had learnt to recite by heart, are coming out in her prayer now as she celebrates what God is doing. And Mary is making a statement here that she knows how God has been faithful to the people in the past. We can think of those stories even that we would share with the kids or learn at Sunday school. How God ushered in creation how when the world had gone bad and and there was a a flood, that God rescued our people through uh, the person of Noah. And that when uh, the people were in captivity, God rescued his people and was glorified because he brought them out of slavery in Egypt. And that Mary would have also known that when they entered into the promised land under Joshua, that they were to go and be fruitful in that land. And that God would be glorified through that. But the people weighed away from God and they were taken off to exile but God was faithful and God was glorified when He brought His people back from exile. And then the temple was in disrepair but the temple was rebuilt. You see, Mary's knowledge of all that God had done in the past gave her the confidence to trust in God when it didn't look like anybody knew this good news of great joy that she'd received. Her knowledge of the past helped her to have confidence in what God was doing in her present. And I think that's so important for us. It's so important for us to be aware of what God has done in the past. And the reason that we learn the scriptures and we read the Bible and we become familiar with that is because it teaches us, just like it taught Mary, how God has been faithful to his people in the past, had rescued his people in the past and in the past, God had been glorified through those actions. And I bet it gave Mary a great deal of confidence when maybe Joseph, who we eventually know, takes her back, we eventually know that her father and mother take her back and that she becomes this source of great joy to the family, but it's Elizabeth who is one of the first people that acknowledges that this indeed is a good event. And so, this is something that gives Mary great confidence, that she can have the courage to face the difficult circumstances that she's going through in the present, because of what God has done in the past. But this song also points to a future of hope. And, and sometimes we misunderstand what hope is because sometimes we say, oh, we're hoping that the demons would win the, the grand final or we're hoping that we could get a good run to work and it's really kind of, in our world, sometimes hope means wishful thinking. But that's not what Christian hope is. Christian hope is an absolute assurance that God will act in the future, we just don't know how God will act and when God will act. But it's an absolute confidence in what God has done in the past, is doing in the present and therefore what He will do in the future. And Mary has the confidence to know that what was promised to her and all the difficulties she's going through now will lead to the good news of great joy. But she also knows that this is ushering in God's rescue plan for the world. That all the stories that she'd learned of how God had been faithful in the past and how God had seen the people go wayward but God had rescued them, this was the ultimate rescue plan when the Messiah comes. When the Messiah comes, all things will be made right. God's kingdom will be ushered in. So part of Mary's praise and part of her song is knowing that she is actually witnessing what is going to happen, and that the Kingdom of God is being ushered in. What was promised in the Old Testament, that she knew, is coming to a reality now. She has a vision of what's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. It's a bit like when Melbourne or Sydney get, you know, the, the Commonwealth Games, or the Sydney, Sydney Olympic Games. It's announced that they're going to host it, And so you get ready with all the preparation, but the games actually haven't happened yet. But you can have an image of what the games will look like. Mary knows, at least in the broad concept, what the coming Messiah is, but she doesn't actually know, day to day, what Jesus will do. She really doesn't know that about 12 years after this prayer, she's going to lose Jesus for three days and then find Him in the temple talking and, and sort of having conversations with the teachers of the law. She doesn't know that that's coming up, but she can sort of expect there's going to be some interesting things. She probably doesn't know that in the future that she's going to have her heart broken as she stands at the foot of the cross while her son is crucified. She doesn't know that there's going to be three days of absolute grief thinking what's happening here before the resurrection. But she doesn't know also that ultimately the Holy Spirit will come on the day of Pentecost and pour out the, the, the uh, blessing on the church and the church, not Israel, the church will be the fulfilment of the Old Testament Scriptures where through Jesus, the promised Messiah, all nations will be blessed because it's the church, not Israel, that goes to the ends of the earth at the Great Commission. So in many ways this prayer is just the beginning, this song is just the beginning, there's still a long road ahead. But I don't want to skip forward to Christmas. I want us to just unpack this a little bit for how this song might be teaching us today as we wait for Christmas. How does this song of Mary's teach us in 2021. Well, in some ways it teaches us about how God has been faithful in the past. There are times where God has been acting in our life and when we see how God has been acting in our life in the past, it gives us confidence to face what we're going through at the moment. Now, I don't want to give you my whole bio, my whole uh, CV, you can see that at some point. But I knew that God had called me into ministry. When I finished a a Bachelor of Education and I was going to, I was thinking I was going to be a geography teacher and I was so desperate for a job that I looked through the paper and week after week I was looking through the paper and there was this little ad, like about four lines saying, retreat director and call this number. And I called the number, and they said, "Oh, do you want to come out and visit and have a look?" And I went out and visited, and I thought, instead of doing geography, I'd rather do this—running retreats for school students. And I decided to uh, apply for the job, and I got the job. And then, as I finished that, and, and Lisa and I got married while I was doing that job, and being away two nights every week, it just didn't feel like the right thing for a young married couple to do. And and I felt I needed to get another job, and then. Someone called me up and said, oh, you've been working with school students, we've got a school chaplaincy job, do you want to come and and apply for this school chaplaincy job? And I applied for the job and I got the job. And then after uh, I'd been working in the school chaplaincy for a while, I actually started to work with the local churches because a lot of the local churches said, Mark, what you're doing in the schools is engaging in the young people, but we don't seem to be able to engage in the young people. How do we do that in our local church? And as I started working with them, doorways opened and next thing I found myself in a job as a youth ministry consultant, working with about 40 churches across the upper region of Northern and. Uh, Uh, Sydney and the Northern Beaches. And then as I was uh, uh, leading that and doing that, Lisa felt prompted to come to Melbourne and I kind of thought, well, great, I can just, you know, be a house dad at home and have coffee in in Hawthorne and it was going to be great, it was going to be fantastic and then God just kind of niggled at me partly through Stephen Hale um, and and there was a, a job as a youth ministry consultant in the eastern region of the Anglican Church. And then as I started going around, people started asking me, have you ever thought of getting ordained? And I was like, yeah, I had, but, you know, this is a good prompting as well. And so, when I stepped forward for ordination, part of the reason that I knew I was stepping into the right thing was because of all those other times where I'd acknowledged how God had been faithful to me in the past. That when I saw some uncertainty of what does ministry as an Anglican priest look like, and do I really feel that I'm ready for that? I knew that I could step into that because God had been faithful in the past. And so, earlier this year, when the bishop said to me, look, you're coming up for three years, we need to start thinking about um, your next contract, I, I got, just in the prayer, I just got this sense of the Holy Spirit just stirring me up for a move. And and Lisa confirmed it as we prayed together. And and it's uncertain to step forward in faith, finishing at a good church that wanted you to stay, not knowing what the future was going to have. But the reason that I could step out in faith to follow where the Holy Spirit was going because of how the Holy Spirit had led me through all the other things in the past. You see, whatever you're facing at the moment, whatever uncertainty you're facing at the moment, whatever difficulty you're facing at the moment, and as hard as 2020 and 2021 can be and as uncertain as COVID can be for us and even as uncertain as we, we, we e- even the things like the weather, we can't have the carols outside this afternoon for the weather. We can get disillusioned by all of that uncertainty or we can remember what God has done in the past and that can give us confidence to know that God is acting in our present. And it can also give us confidence to know that we can put our sure, certain hope in our future because of what God is doing in and through us. But it also has application for us here as a church, here at St. Columns. We know, don't we, Well, you know more than me, of what God has done in this church in the past how God has been faithful in the past through this church, how God has blessed this church, how this church has been a witness through so many amazing ministries. But God never calls us to look at our past and just drift off our past. God calls us to remember our past, not so we can repeat it into the future, but so that we can have a a sure, certain trust that God has been faithful to us in our past, And as we go into an uncertain future, God will continue to be faithful to us. That in the past, when the people of previous generations stepped into whatever God had called them to, and I bet that they were uncertain in some of that, whatever they did and however they stepped into it, God was glorified because the people stepped out in faith. And so, if we want to know how do we glorify God in 2022 and beyond, we don't just look at our past in order to repeat it, we look at the past in order to, to have the sure and confident hope that we can step into the future with faith, led by the Holy Spirit, and know that God will be glorified in the future. Now, I'm not sure about you and, and, and we're still getting to know each other and, and, and I understand that ministry looks different and, and challenging. I was I saying was to Peter, I spoke to one church uh, recently and they said, look all our old timers haven't come back because they're nervous about COVID and yet all the young kids have come back. I spoke to another church and they said, uh, you know, all our young kids haven't come back because it's easier to watch it online and yet all our old timers have come back. It's just uncertain. But what we can put our hope and trust in, is not the certainty of how things will work from a human point of view. But it's the certainty that God has blessed us in the past. God is working in our world today and God will bless us in the future. Our encouragement as we head into Christmas Day and we'll talk about what the incarnation and the birth of Jesus really means for our world. But if we just look at Luke 1, With this song of Mary, and I encourage you to, to read and pray over it in the coming week as we head into Christmas. This song from Luke 1 reminds us that God has been faithful to His people for generations to generations. And in many ways, we're the next generation that take up the mantle of who God is faithful to. And so, awareness of how God has worked in the past, gives us confidence to trust in God in the present. An awareness of how God has been faithful in the past also gives us true Christian hope for the future. This season of Advent where we're celebrating, waiting for God, and in many ways we're waiting for what God will do in and through this new season of ministry here at St Columns. It's a celebration of how God has been with us, what God has done through us and a reminder to trust and hope in God as we wait for the future to unfold. So let me pray for us. Gracious God, we thank you for these words of Mary that have reminded us of your faithfulness to generation to generation. Lord, we acknowledge all of those people that have sowed into St. columns in generation to generation. And Lord, as we acknowledge how you have been faithful in the past let it give us confidence to step into a new future full of hope full of joy and full of confidence in what you will do so that you will be glorified in our world and we make this prayer in jesus mighty name amen i'm going to call pauline forward to continue to lead us in prayer
0: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we bow before you today and acknowledge how wonderful you are and how deeply you have loved us in sending your son, Jesus Christ. So by his cross and passion, we may be brought to the glory of resurrection. Thank you for bringing us to this place now to worship, honor you and encourage each other to greater faith and excellence in your name. We thank you for bringing Mark to our community to lead us. Help him.